This is CliffCentral.com. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMBE. Live on Cliff Central. Welcome to the Threaded Exchange. It's Siabonga Biela live from Johannesburg. And um, today's show is going to be very, very interesting. Um, happy Black History Month. And today we're going to open up the show in an African manner. You know, we're going to celebrate being African and celebrate being black. And my guest today is also, he's from Congo. And he has a lot of interesting things to say. And you know the man on Twitter, you know him as Fred Mercury, but I know him as Fred Kayembe. And the first song I'm going to open up with is Fela Kuti Zombie. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are live on the Threaded Exchange. This is Sia Beile, live from Johannesburg, from South Africa to the world, on the number one podcast station in the world, and this is Cliff Central. I know factually I might be wrong, but I mean, I love Cliff Central. So I'm going to pump Cliff Central, of course. I've got my younger brother in studio with me, Anga. Hello. Hello to the people of the world, like you said. Number one. Can we say that? Are we allowed I'm going to gonna say, say number one. You're not number one until you proclaim you're number one. Actually, yeah. Fuck you. So we're, we're number one. We're number one. We've gone platinum. Guys, welcome to another installment, as I said before. I'm CIB Eland. You know that we about having progressive, cultured, and, and brave conversations around things that we're facing as young people, things mm. that we don't understand. I feel in our time of pop culture, there's just a lot that is happening, and there's a lot to dissect. Mm. And so this, this show aims at to tackle the issues, celebrate the things that we need to celebrate, but most importantly, it's about inspiring each other. It's about having conversations that are, that are uncomfortable. And honest. Yeah. And honest, but that are, you know, increment or important yeah. in our, in our, in our growth going forward. And as young people of Africa, we are the custodians of our future. We are the custodians of our cultures. Mm-hmm. And I've loved the whole conversation around Ingweba, for example, me yeah. being close. I was like, yo, this is a dialogue that we need to have. Yeah, this is a long dialogue overdue. long overdue. So long as overdue. young people, we need to, you know, tackle those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, we opened the show today with Zombie by Fela Kuti. Zombie, and oh, as zombie. we all know, Fela was quite political and looking at our political change right now, what's happening politically in South Africa. I mean, there's no better song than to use as to open because this song, Zombie, is actually about how the police brutality that was happening in Nigeria at the time Mm. and how these Nigerians were just like zombies, just following orders and Mm, not mm, thinking mm. about how they're affecting people and how they're hurting people in their own country. So, and I mean, I'm not throwing jabs at Zuma, but I mean, Zuma, dude, you're affecting the people in your country. Don't be a zombie. It's time to step away. Leave leave us some room for, for change. Anyways, Fred... Mercury, what's good? Fresh off the boat, man. Yeah, oh, from, the, Kong. Yeah, from Congo. When, when from I said Kong. you're from Congo, you like say you're talking like I just got fresh off the boat. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a weird it's a weird uh, uh, thing to pinpoint. I guess uh, that's how people distinct like nationality. People identify with different things: your gender, your race. Your, mm-hmm. But it's like when people, it's like Fred from Congo. It's like <laughs> it's weird because I've been here a lot, a really long time. So yeah, 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 yeah. But also for me, I think I've moved into a space where not actually moved into a space, but I just love people from diverse cultures across Africa, mm-hmm. and I think it's not something we encourage enough. You know, uh, yeah. when I ask, when I speak to a lot of my friends, you think yo, they're South African, but really, like, where are you from? They're like, I'm from Congo. Like yeah. the lady that helps me clean my house, for example. Today, 
today. She's like, I'm from Zimbabwe. Mm. And we had a whole conversation about mm. that. I'm like, whoa, I know you now on a different, on a different level. It's not mm. like that blank thing of, yo, you're South African, but you know, and yeah. the South yeah. Africans, we need to start. And, and also as young Africans, we need to start. Um, being together in terms yeah. of understanding each other's cultures, yeah, because I feel sure. like one of the biggest problems we have in society today is that we don't understand enough of each other's cultures. So how do we expect to face the West and the East if we don't know each other sure. or ourselves? Yeah. Because we have the power, and part of that that power is realizing realizing self value, yeah. Yeah. and we need yeah, to yeah. see that value amongst each other. Fred. Mm. You know, like on the show, I hate that whole thing of introducing people by their bios. Yeah. You know how you list like, oh, did this. I yeah. could talk about Hype Magazine. I can talk about how you're a culturist and how you've changed the culture. I can yeah. talk about how some of the, some of the famous rappers in the country were first discovered by you. I can say all those things, but mm. I always feel like that's the ego. Yeah. You know, that's the yeah. ego. For yeah. me, it's not the source. It's not the source. I, I have a really hard time introducing myself as well. Like, uh, more recently than ever before because I, I kind of understand the need to like categorize sometimes. Like yeah. I get it. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a blurry line. I was talking about it with somebody the other day, but it's like at the same time, it's like I personally always feel really uncomfortable. It's like, who are you? You know, they're not really yeah. asking like, who are you? They're saying you like, yeah. uh, you, we need you to list stuff to determine your value. So we can we can determine if you deserve yeah. to be here. Like I feel like that's what that question is asking. Yeah. But it's like it's it's whatever. You know, we live in the real world with real structures. So yeah. Also, I you got to like, do it sometimes. Also, I feel like when you when you because I also hear a lot in fashion. Like some people give themselves titles. I'm a fashion phenom. I'm a fashion yeah. director. Curator. I'm a curator. I'm a visual storyteller. Mm. I'm, I'm a storyteller. It can I'm get one. really abstract. And I feel that sometimes, as much as titles are great, it also prevents you from exploring more of who you are yeah. in yourself because you hide behind. Under these yeah. these titles, and also that can actually prevent you from exploring other projects. Because now, sure. let's say I'm looking for the best photographer, but you write the visual storyteller, and then I only see that you tell stories through Instagram, not knowing yo, there's actually a whole production team for that sure. does this thing. So sometimes it can actually prevent you from your careers. You know, you know what? I had an interesting conversation with my brother the other day, right? And I was playing. We were having the same conversation. But I said, look, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate here, right? And say, for example, for the purposes of like award shows, they say music award shows, the Grammys. And um, if we didn't give titles to those, people would get really mad if Selena Gomez won Best Hip Hop. Right. So, yeah. so, so for the, for the purposes of like certain structures, that's why I said like for the purposes of certain structures, I understand like why titles and categories need to exist. Mm -hmm. But like, I just find that like the more, like the further we go into humanity, like those things just tend to break away because people are just yeah. expressing themselves from a more sincere also, place. Also because now, like looking at hip hop as well, hip hop is now as big, bigger than pop music. Yeah. And hip hop is pop music. Is yeah. pop music. So that's another thing is that even how hip hop sounds now, the, like yeah, the sound exactly. has just traveled so much to yeah. other spheres that if you listen to Lil Uzi Vert yeah. versus you listening to like a Nas or Q-Tip like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Andre 3000, like the, the, the sound is so vast and yeah. the sound yeah. is so spread, space, spread out. Yeah. So if at the Grammys you're saying this is the best pop album, and you don't put Migos. What is that saying? Because yeah. pop, pop music is popular music. Yeah. It's yeah. not actually a genre. It's yeah. popular music. Yeah. yeah. For, so, Fred, for people who don't know you, yeah. who are you? Uh, okay, well, I am, you know, not, like I said, this is difficult for me to do. So it's easier to just list stuff. List right? it. Do the thing. It helps people digest. Okay, so yeah. for me, I'll say like, list what you've done and yeah. also who are you as a person yeah okay what what are your beliefs so i'd say i'd say most people 
would know me like primarily from the hip hop circuit. I started off as a freelance writer like when I was 19 years old. And then um, I kind of just like worked my way up. And, uh, you know, I started working very closely with Hype when I was like 20 or 21. Then guest editorship, it blew up. And then I was kind of on that train. Um, some people would know me from Vuzu. I used to be a presenter back in the day. That feels like ages ago. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I think personally, if, if I have to speak from my perspective, I'm just like somebody who's really passionate <laughs> about culture. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who's passionate about culture. Somebody's passionate about culture. And, um, you know, I want to see people win. I want to people, I want to see people succeed. I want to see people, um, just like express themselves in the most sincere and honest way, uh, possible. And I see myself as a servant. Yeah. You know, if I can help, uh, uh, that for myself and for other people, you know, that's what I'm doing here. I feel like that's what my purpose is. Where does that selflessness come from? I mean, we live in a generation where, you know, everybody, even people that are behind the scenes want to be on the forefront and be on the camera. Yeah. You know, we live in such a time that is personality driven. Yeah, you know, everybody yeah, yeah. forgets about, not necessarily forgets about the work, but everyone's always like, yeah. how can I be on the front? Yeah. So now you find that your manager is also now a superstar on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in, in that kind of mm-hmm. time where it's just overconsumption. Everyone's to be on the camera. Yeah. Everyone's to have followers on Twitter. Where does it come from? Because I have known you for quite a while. You've never been that guy really on social media. You've always just been a critical part of the industry, but never really praised, never really gets the awards. But you've behind quite a lot of careers. But at the same time, you still remain selfless and behind the scenes. Where do you think that essence from you comes back? Like as a kid, when you, I mean, you joined Hype at 19. So at 15, 16, 17, when you're thinking about what you want to do for the rest of your life, how do you get to that source? You know, I always think about... uh the this line like in 2007 2008 like uh drake wasn't really even popping off yet but he did a track and he and that he has a line where he says i can't live and hold the camera someone's got to tape this and that line was always like hit yeah. me it was like always really profound right but and the way that i interpreted it was like um so the, the, so the more I learned when I was growing up, right? I was like a kid, like everybody else, but like probably I would say I would turn 16 and I started like getting more like quote unquote conscious. Yeah. I was a history student. So like the more I learned, the more information I was given, I started to come to the conclusion that like, it's like you, we're not who people tell us we are. That's just like the history that exists, mm-hmm. right? Because again, the more we advance into civilization, we realize that like the winner gets to tell the story. Yeah. Like the yeah. version of history that we have is not necessarily like the most accurate. It's the truth. The victims, it's not the yeah. truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, and, and, and then I realized like, yo man, like one day I read, um, Steve Biko's like, I write what I like. And he was like so radical and so, so opinionated, so, so educated. So, and I was like, man, I've never resonated with like anybody like I did with Biko when I read that book. And I was, and he was saying like, Hey guys, listen, I know these guys have, ma- have, 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 um, torn down our morale and told us that we're animals and that we're less than and that we're this. But it's like, that's not what it is. I'm here to tell you that like, you know what I mean? This is Africa and like Africa is for Africans and we're, 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 um, we're, we're, we're mighty. You know what I mean? We're powerful. You know what I mean? And he put me in that zone and I was just like, from then on, I kind of took the position of, I feel like it's, it, it needs to be somebody's responsibility to, to reinvigorate, reinvigorate that esteem into people, right? So, and how do we do that is by telling stories. And I tell, I, I look at myself as the storyteller, right? So I don't, 
I don't necessarily look at it as selflessness. I mean, that's maybe, maybe that's what it, it, it looks like, but I look at it as like, yo, if you are doing the most amazing things in the world, you hear in Cliff Central, you're doing amazing things in fashion and with other ventures, right? You're too busy focused on what you're doing to focus on having to tell that story as well. You know what I mean? And somebody has to take that responsibility because 20 years from now, because we're living in these times and I know you personally or like, you know, the next five people know you or whatever. If this stuff is not documented, we're going to be in the same place uh, uh, in 20 years or 50 yeah. years or 100 years than we are right now because we didn't document this. We don't have proof. We don't have scripts. Yeah. We don't have uh, resource, uh, sorry, sources to go back to and say, you know what? I actually come from a bloodline and a generation of kings and queens yeah. and not what these guys try so to tell you. So basically we, we the, the guidebooks for the next generation to yeah, come yeah. for them to retrace our steps, probably not retrace our steps necessarily through exactly seeing on Instagram, exactly. but stand, about, stand on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how did this guy get yeah. from here to here? Yeah. We need, we need to be the ones to control our own narrative as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying is because again, like I said, like the, the quote unquote winner gets to tell the stories right now, like as, as black people, as Africans, because of however many hundred years of, of history, um, we're not economically in a position where we own Africa, right? Yeah. So it's like, if they're the people who have the resources, meaning they're the people who have the power, they're the people who are going to control the narrative. Yeah. So if we're not standing up and saying, I'm going to make sure that all these uh, uh, amazing people and these amazing acts and these great humanitarians and philanthropists and inspirers uh, stories are, are are being told. You know what I mean. Yeah. What what are, what are we doing this all for? Also, I think another thing about us Africans that is actually quite troubling for me most of the time. You know, not to be sound controversial, but yeah. we we've gotten used to the idea of what the world wants us to be. Mm -hmm. Even in the in the space where we like Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. you know, Black Girls Shine, whatever. Mm -hmm. Somehow the East and the West has found a way to recreate that story back to us. Man. You know, so I even think about the whole H&M thing, that whole racist thing. I mean, H&M knew what they were doing. They knew yeah. that we're going to be outraged. They're yeah. going to trend. It's not going to shut the stores down. Yeah. You know, the stores will be shut down momentarily. I even think a lot of the times where I challenge, you know, the creative industry, especially with bloggers and guys in fashion, where the huge rush right now, if you see, even across the industry, the huge rush right now is about which brand am I going to endorse next? You know, which, which brand am I going to work with? We all floss about, oh, look at me. I'm with Hugo Boss. Oh, look at me yeah. with this. But my biggest issue is always about, are you telling your story with that brand? Mm -hmm. Or is it just about the check? If you get yeah. the check, what value have you gotten? For sure. So how do you feel about that? Like, because we live in a time, I mean, I'm not going to sound blunt, but I mean, you know, Ricky will tell us to go buy Gucci. Yeah. You know, not I'm saying he's wrong for telling us to buy Gucci, but yeah. I'm just like, but what African story are you telling through your music? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, the, I, I, I have to say, like, that's one of the, sources of my daily frustration man like it's like man that 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 complex is so crazy that they've we have like such a crazy inferiority complex that we have to be validated by like people on the outside to be like yeah. it's like it's again like even in fashion it's like someone wears like a fashion balenciaga everyone's going crazy you know yeah. what i mean and they and then us as Africans and we're like, oh my gosh, that Africa. It's like, yo, you are in Africa. You are Africa. Yeah. You are the source of what those people are channeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy task, man. It's something that we all have to do and all yeah. be involved in, man. Like, and that's, and that's why raising consciousness, um, and like validating ourselves is like more important than, um, looking for that validation outward. And, and really like, that's how I look at 
That's how I look at like what I do. I look at it as 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 storytelling because, um, you know, my my parents came to visit um, recently, and you know, my my parents are like old school. You yeah, know, I was seeing the Insta stories with people. the food. Eh? Yeah, for sure. All like, of you have gained weight, you and your brothers, because hey, the food was no mad lie, crazy. no lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to explain to my mom. Um, what I do, you know how, how that is, it's like, you know, traditionally it's like, yo, you're a doctor, accountant, well, and I don't fall into any of those molds, yeah. right? So it's, it's difficult enough that I can't really explain to people what I do in a language that I'm fluent in. And I had to try to explain to my mom, like in, in French, French, you know, <laughs> <laughs> try to explain to my mom what I do. But I, so I was just like showing her stuff. I was showing her like, oh, look, I'm an edit. I'm, I was the editor of Hype Magazine. I was like showing her YouTube videos like, OK, I serve on the music council and I did this and I help, you know. And but I, what, what I was really trying to get at is, is um, like, it's really easy to dismiss, say, the hip hop faction. For instance, as yo, those are just guys who are like drinking liquor and fucking bitches and yeah. and and making music for us to party to, right? Mm. But it's like the conversation. It's similar to the conversation that we've been having around like Black Panther. It's like, of course, it's not a perfect situation, and yes, Hollywood is still making the money and the pot. But it's like representation is so important. Yeah, representation is so important because I know it's it's a cliche thing to say at this point, but the fact that. Barack Obama was a president and a black man alone, like yeah. irrespective of what he accomplished or did not accomplish in his term, right? Someone, uh, a kid who's growing up and that's the first president that they've ever seen, right? To them, that's an, it's not a novelty. It's yeah. normal. So they've automatically, they're automatically growing up. And 10 years is a up. long time. Obama said for 10 years. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, how many, eight, how many kids years, were born? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's like, and it's like that immediately takes the, the novelty out of it and you like, immediately you feel like, oh, that's, that's just a normal thing. Yeah. You know, same thing as if we had a, uh, if here we had like a female president or whatever. So representation is so important. So it's like all the years that we grew up listening to music and subscribing to like versions of culture that didn't necessarily resonate with us, but it, because we only had access to that is like, trust me, like when people, when, when, when Casper is like performing and 50,000 people at the, at, at the stadium or whatever, it's like, that's not where it ends. It's like those people are really changing lives, like yeah. really changing lives. You know, when Definitely. I, when I, when I met Nasty C, right, like two or three years ago, he was in Durban and like, I think finishing off high school or whatever. And I connected. And he with him. gave you a shout out on his track. Yeah. 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 And, and I, and I connected with him and stuff. And, you know, I started to sort of like speak to people about him and then he had, he's, and it's like, he's in a position where he's like 20 years old or whatever, 21 years old. And he has a family of like with like five or six siblings and his dad and his Bob passed away and, and he's he has a crib. Like he's paying off the crib. He's paying off like his sister's uh um varsity fees and this it's like this is this is changing lives. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like when you and it's important for not only those things to be done, but go further a step and for those stories to be told. Because if not, we we always look at what's on the surface and we go, Oh, this guy's just a rapper. This guy's just an yeah. actor. This guy's just a, a a a fashion guy, and that's how we build esteem as a people, man. Like, yeah, it's always been sort of yeah, my heartbreak. I think in the industry, or the reason why I've done the things that I do, and sometimes I feel like I'm misunderstood, is the fact that it's like that. It's it's conversation that happen overseas all the time, especially in the fashion creative industry. The fashion industry right now, I feel, is a bit blind mm -hmm. because we see 
what the bloggers overseas are doing. We see what the creatives overseas are doing. But instead of looking at it and be like, okay, cool, this is how you execute, but let's execute on the same level or even a better level through telling our own stories. Mm -hmm. But now what you're seeing on Instagram is just bloggers recreating what the others are doing overseas. I remember talking to the team at Tom Ford and they're like, listen, we're not looking for the same blog. We have bloggers overseas. We've got people who can do dope aesthetics. We want to know what is Africa's story. How can you represent our brand through your story? And so in the industry right now, especially going back to Black Panther, I think Black Panther is amazing because it's going to create this gold mine that's going to start, there's going to be, it's going to create that tipping point that we need that's going to push people now to look at Africa. Brands are going to look at Africa. Brands are going to find value in Africa. And what I'm worried about is what do we have to offer that's originally ours? Because it sounds like, you know, the world's looking at us, but then we are saying to the world, hey, go buy Gucci. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, how yeah. do we start addressing that? Even the fact that there's so many talented people who have Instagram, but then I'm always like, <clears throat> why aren't you showcasing at a gallery? Why aren't you releasing a book? Why aren't you building, you know, a foundation and mentor other young photographers? You know, I feel like we, we, we get so comfortable in platforms that don't belong to us. Even like brands like Nike, Adidas, Puma, you know, all the time, like I've worked with, with Nike before. I've worked with Adidas. Now I'm doing some stuff with Puma. And I'm always like, for me, my thing is I'm like, yo, I'm going to work with you guys, but I want to build my own Puma. I want to build my own Adidas. Yeah. Why aren't we thinking that way? Like, why don't, I mean, Ricky Rick could build his, build his own Gucci. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why do you think we are not finding that intrinsic value in ourselves or the, or, or the bravery the, or, or being brave enough yeah. to build the brands we admire? So if you admire Hugo Boss, Cool. Do we have a Boss? No. Why aren't you building yeah. your own brand? I mean, Dolce & Gabbana sells us Italian culture. Balenciaga sells us Parisian. All these brands are selling us their own cultures and we adopt them as our own culture. And we forget that we have a culture that we can also sell to the world and, and, and document our stories and tell our stories. Yeah. I think it, it's a tough one because like, yeah, it's a double-edged sword, a double-edged sword because one, it's difficult to think about uh telling stories or representation when you're hungry right so it's like it's it's an it's it's an instant it's like you're looking for instantaneous relief so it's like if you're if you're if the easiest way to get the check so you can get out of the gutter yeah is to sell your value to nike or dolce or whoever it's like you're gonna take the check honestly there's no there's no rational like rationale process in in hunger and poverty you know what i mean so like We've been historically like we've been put in a position where it's like we're subservient and we're reliant on mm. other people to feed us. Like are we, we that's literally like the Bantu education system. Yeah. Like yeah. you were taught to be a blue collar laborer. Like those mm. are the skills that you, you don't get. have a choice. So 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 it's like, yo, I don't have like the level of 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 I don't I don't own anything. So if I'm gonna get an instantaneous checkout, and it takes a I think it takes a really selfless person or a or someone who understands the bigger picture to go, you know what? I can make this uh, 5,000 Rand now or I can make 5 million in Later. six years. Yeah, because right? also I think we are also, as a country and, and, and as black people, I think because true, most of us don't have money. Most of us have, are in debt. Most yeah. of us feel like we're not being paid enough. So yeah. if we're earning 10 grand, we know our lifestyle is 20 yeah. grand. So where brands have got us really is the pocket. Exactly. Because a brand's going to be like, okay, cool. You want to build this thing on your own. We can offer you 5 million right now. Exactly. And I mean, anybody's going to not, not take that. And, Do you and, get what I'm saying? And that's why, and that's why the responsibility is on us, like to band together. So the few of us that have, uh, managed to get to a position where we have some ownership, where we have knowledge to share, where we have skills to share. Like we need to band amongst ourselves and be like, Hey, 
you know, things are not going to change if we don't. If yeah. we don't become that change, you know what I mean? And then from there we can Yeah, we can and it's also so it. crazy because there's a few of us, you know, that take those steps to be like, you know what? The money can wait. Ooh, there's the phones are ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we sit in a position where, for example, for me, it was never really about <coughs> money. It's yeah. only recently now where I'm like, okay, I'm running a business. Okay, yeah, I have to yeah. care. And even now, those things give me anxiety because I'm like, yeah. I just want to create dope, cool stuff. Yeah. I want to make dope shit. I don't want to be worried about, yeah. yeah, you can't do this now because you have to spend this much. Yeah. You know, it, it, it stifles you. But then you get people like, you know, your your black coffees. You get, you know, DJ Smooth with more fire who's like, I'm going to build an energy drink. Yeah. And then we're the same people who are like, Yo, we need you to fail. We don't care about your shit. Yeah, it tastes like crap. We don't want to buy it. I remember the other day I bought more fire. Well, my manager bought me more fire and I was drinking. I was like, this is great. And I was telling friends, I'm like, guys, have you tried more fire? They're like, nah, we'll never try that shit, whatever. And I'm just like, I'll drink Red Bull. I'll drink Red Bull. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, but why though? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And just to finish off you all is that it's also a thing of all these brands that have been around for hundreds of years that they had years to fail. That had years True. to fail and try new 100%. things. But when some of us or we're trying to build this 100%. new system and fail, that failure is not celebrated as part of the growth structure yeah. going forward. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's, oh man, it's like, it's, again, it's a historical thing. I, I hate like going back to it because at some point we need to snap out of it and just be like, you know, we're living in the now and we need to be the ones to change it. But mm. it, it, it is that, is that we don't see, we don't see that. It's like, you know, you know, one of the things that really irked me is like, when people say, ah, oh, black people, you know what I mean? Like something happens, it's like, yeah, only a black person would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, dude, you think, you think that, like, and, and, and one of the biggest ones is like, they'd be like, oh yeah, white, white men don't spend, um, uh, money on lavish things and, and you, and, and cars and jewelry and what it's like, you think that that's the way that it started out? That's definitely not the way that it started out. The largest reser- reserves of gold and diamonds and all the minerals are in Africa. I guarantee you like that um, in those in that first hundred years that those guys were living like kings, they made yeah. a lot of mistakes. They splurged. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, Dude, the mistakes have fucked up the world. Yeah. Like, democracy is fucked. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm exactly. saying? But, these, that, but that 200 years to fix it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They had all that time to fix it to get. So they, they, they looked at their learnings and they were like, oh, OK, that doesn't work. That's not sustainable. This is not wise. You know what I mean? So this is how we're going to do things going forward. So it's like we need to give, you know, our entrepreneurs and our inspirers and our business guys um, that same space and that same courtesy. Because remember that when you're a pioneer, there's no precedent. Yeah. There, there, you, so there's no one like like Jay-Z doing title, for example, is like he doesn't really have a model that he can refer to to be like, yeah. oh, well, you know, this guy, this guy, he can take the learnings that he has thus far in his life but there's no precedent that you can bounce back to so of course you're gonna fail it's yeah. part of the process so we need to give all our guys like the guys yeah. who are in our corner that space to be like you know what you messed up there yeah um but you know it's cool like we still got you yeah. you know what i'm saying so and i mean we, we you and i have spoken frankly about like failure especially recently you've been a great support to to, to my failures recently and you tell me like, yo, dude, I've been through the same shit. Yeah. I've been through the same things. Yeah. Tell me about when you experience that failure, how has, how do you think when you experience that failure, ne, do you feel the guilt for that failure comes from, you know, what people are going to say about you? Or does the guilt come from, fuck, I should have known better. Or do you think it's a bit of both? Uh, I mean, personally, I never think about what people are going to say about me. And, you know, I know that, that sounds idealistic, but... I kind of live in my own head like 99% of the time. 
So, and that kind of shields me from like whatever is going on um, outside. I was saying to Scoop the other day, he was like, man, life is so crazy. You know, the world is so crazy. And I was saying, I kind of feel like you have to build your own reality in your head. That way, like, even if it's raining outside, if it's, sunny, sunshine, in, yeah. if it's sunny inside, like, you're good. Yeah. You feel me? So I, it does, I wouldn't say it comes from what other people, um, uh, I wouldn't even, even say it's guilt because I, the way I look at it is like, I, I always feel, no one likes to fail. No one wants to fail. Like, I always feel, you know, go through the whole thing of like, I should have done this better. I should have done this better. I should have seen the signs. I should have, but it's like, I've gotten to a point where it's, where it's like, if I put, if I can be, um, certain in that I put my best foot forward and I did everything that I could do in that situation and this is the outcome, then that was meant to be the outcome. Yeah. Then you have to deal with the reality. It's like, uh, I always look at it like, man, there are people who are supposed to be here and there are people who aren't supposed to be here. Yeah. It's like natural selection in nature. You know yeah. what I mean? Natural selection, like the strongest rise, rise to the top. And not to say that within humanity, they're like strong people and weak people, but we all have niches. We all have a purpose, right? And so when I worked at Akajo, uh, and I got cussed out every day by my manager and I was terrible at what I did, it made me realize I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. And then that took me closer to where I was supposed to be. And when that didn't work out, I learned something there. And then I'd go to the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, to the next adventure. So I, 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 I'm not re really at a point where I, I would say it's guilt. I do feel guilt when I put other people in that position though. Yeah. Definitely. Because when you're, when you're working and people are looking to you to lead, um, you need, it's not just, yeah, it's not just about you. I think you. that's the most hateful part about business, yeah. especially with my recent things. I'm like, yo, if I don't earn money, that's fine. But when it affects other people, that's yeah, where that's the real terrible. fuck up happens. That's but then, because then what it also does is it throws you off mentally completely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. even with you, like, I like to teach lessons in this show. There's a lot of young people who are listening here who are like, yo, you know, I believe in what Freddie's saying. And yeah. you talk about this thing of having this inner voice and, you, you seem like I'm reading this book by Eckhart Tolle called Awakening Your Life's Purpose. And it talks about no matter what happens in your life, do what you feel. Yeah. And sometimes what you're doing, what you feel yeah. might seem completely wrong. It might cause the biggest fuck up. But then that's what success is because you're being true to yourself yeah. and your truth will last the test of time. Yeah. And that's how you keep improving and keep growing. So for you, how did you find that inner life awakening? It's so crazy because when I talk to you, I hear a lot of the fact that it might be raining outside, but inside I'm full. Inside it's, 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 it's warm. Yeah. The situation I'm going through right now is not forever. It's going to pass. Yeah. How do you begin to even do that? Do you meditate? Like, how do you get into that space? I think, for me personally, I can say dealing with like disappointment and tragedy at an early age and then making the decision that I never wanted to feel like that again. Or I want to feel like that as little as possible as I can control. So it's like when things, when things go bad because they go bad, it's like cool. But the part of my life that I can control, I'm going to do my best to, to, um, you know, have a grasp over that and not on some control. Uh, um, like crazy control tip, just like internally, because I was, I was like, I, I think I was generally like a happy kid, but like some things, you know, I, I had like a brother who passed away and that was like terrible. Uh, when I was like 13 years old, you know, that was like terrible. Wow. Yeah. That, that was, that was terrible. I had like, 
you know, like my folks who went like completely bankrupt when I was like 15. And like, I remember like living in the city without, without like electricity for like two years. You know what I mean? I, I had like, um, coming out of high school, no opportunities. You know what I mean? I couldn't go to varsity, um, cause I didn't have the funds to go to varsity, you know? Um, but I knew like, I always felt like I had something to offer. I just didn't know like what it was, Yeah, you know, but, but going through, those trials and going through those tribulations, like having to like get a job. I always, so I when when I was nineteen, I got a job at Akajo, right? But yeah. o- but only because I, I I wanted to make money, right? But I even when I had the job, I felt like I was above it. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> dude, isn't that the weirdest <laughs> that, that feeling? That sounds terrible to and say, it, and but it's so crazy because I I get exactly what you're saying because I remember also as well, like coming to job and being completely broke, and my yeah. mom's like, yeah, you must go and go pack food at Checkers yeah, and make yeah, money, yeah. and I'm like. No ways, mom. Like, I'm not gonna go fucking do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna build the thread. Yeah, line. exactly. So it's like this. And, and I remember in, in, in fashion school, people being like, yo, you're so arrogant. You think you're it all. I'm like, no, guys, I just hold myself to a certain standard and yeah. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. And it's so crazy because a lot of young people, same back to what you're saying, a yeah. lot of young people, especially today, everyone feels like I can't do a certain thing because I need money. I can't yeah. do this. I need, when I have this money, I'm going to start exactly. creating this kind of work. You got to do when it now. I, and the thing is, is that you got to do it now. And I think that's a huge part of our success is that yeah. people think we have millions of money, but it's just that we choose every single day, whether we're rich or poor, to create the most honest work possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and that's, and that's what it is. And it's like, and, and people tend to, th- so just like believe, it's like really corny, but like believe in yourself. Like it, the, the best way to do that, in my opinion, is that, um, I, I think that like a lot of people don't know who they are because like from the time that you're born, everyone and everything is telling you who you it's projected are. Projected right? onto you. Yes. And you end up projecting yeah, it into your social condition. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like people tell you like, uh, put labels on you. They'll say you're a man, you're back, you're black, you're cosa, you're this, you're that. And, and, there's nothing wrong with those things except the expectations that they come with. So when yeah. you don't fit that mold of the expectation of the title, then you're looked at as a failure. Oh, you're not a man because you cry. You're not this because you're not doing it this way. You're not this because you do that. And then now basically you're a grown up, you're a teenager, you're an adult. And like you feel like a failure because you've not met the expectations that Other the titles are that are put on you, yeah. you know, um, ask of you. So it's like the way that I was able to do that was like isolation, yeah. right? And I was like, wait, like who am I when these Things titles are, are, stri- are, are stripped from me at my foundational level? Like who am I and who, who do I have the potential yeah. to be? And that's why, and that's what I meant by like creating my own world inside, like where the sun is always shining, yeah. right? So it's like, it sounds a little like delusional, but it's, it's kind of the only way that I can keep relatively sane. Mm. Wow. Guys, please like text us on 0797482090 WhatsApp. It's cliffcentral.com on, on Twitter. And of course, it's the, the thread exchange on Twitter as well. Tell us what you think about this conversation. I think this is a very enlight- enlightening conversation. Sticking to Black History Month, I'm going to play another song by Fela Kuti and it's titled Gentlemen. When we come back, you're going to break down for me. What is the culture? Everybody always says, I'm for the culture. I'm improving the culture. I'm doing everything. Culture, culture. Yo, you're rocking the culture. You're against the culture. There's even beefs around what the culture means. So as someone that I know is a cultural curator and someone who's on the forefront of documenting things across all these different industries, I want to hear from you. What is your take on that right after this?
Yo, being African is the best thing in the whole wide world, man. Like, I know this sounds very corny, and a lot of people say, yo, you corny, you hear it all the time, so on Twitter, but being black is fucking dope. Our stories, our cultures, and I know some of you are sitting there at home, and you've been like, oh, I'm frustrated, I'm trying to build my hustle, but it's not working out. Some of you probably be in the Eastern Cape, be like, fuck, I want to get out of here. And I'll tell you this, African child, your story is what's going to take you out of that situation. Like, I'm not saying enjoy the pain. I'm not definitely not saying that, but know that, that that pain you're going through, whatever struggle, struggle it is, it's going to serve you a great purpose down the line. Because I look at my career and the things that I do, I always draw from that place of like, yo, I went through this as a kid. How can I tell the story for, to find a bigger relation amongst other kids? And I say, African child, tell your story, be proud of your story, express yourself. If you want to cry, cry. If you yeah. wanna, if you wanna take that risk, take your risk. You feel yeah. like you wanna quit your job and you feel like you, you're being strangled by your job, quit. You know, we always wanna wait for something that will never come. We're always like, ah, oh, I can't do this because I need money. Oh, I can't leave my job. There, there's no tomorrow. Just go out there and Just get it. Just go out do there it. and fucking get it. And I know it sounds easy for me to say, but moving to Joba, I had no money. I had no plan. My parents couldn't even know how they're gonna pay for my school fees to go to fashion school, but I'm here. You know, I'm here. My company almost went bankrupt last year, but I'm still here and I'm still creating and I'm still living and I'm using that story to take me forward. I'm For using sure. that experience yeah. to also help others. And yeah. I think, and I think to like a certain degree, if you want to do something and you don't really believe that you can do it, I feel like do it while you think you can't anyway. Because by the moment that you can, it's a whole different story. So be uncomfortable doing it, yeah. but you know deep down it's something that you want to do. Like struggle with that shit. It's okay. Yeah, it's sure. okay. Fred, what experience have you been through where you like at that time you're like, "Fuck, this is so deep. I'll never make it out of this if I do." Thank God. And now you look back and you're like, "Yo, that was actually important. I'm happy that happened." Uh, I would say, I mean, to choose a professional experience, I'd probably say like 2 years ago when I decided to part ways with Hype Magazine. Dude, that was huge. Yeah. Everybody was like, everyone, everyone, I remember everyone was like, this is a stupid move. Don't do it. Yeah. Cause exactly, you're like the king exactly. of the castle. Exactly. I, I'd been there for six years. I started as a freelance writer, made it to editor in chief while doing like a bunch of other things. And people were like, yeah, this is you. This is your domain. This is where. And then I decided to do it like almost a year and a half after I, I reached what I, you know, yeah. had wanting to, I had been wanting to achieve since I was like 13 years old. So, um, yeah, everyone was like, and then I was like, no, I got this, that, that. And then like, I spent like maybe six to eight months in that period, um, like doubting myself like every single day because things weren't the same, you know, like you realize that, for example, like you're a title to people, you know, so people are not necessarily like taking your calls anymore. People are not, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and every day I would be like, Oh snap, did I make a, a bad decision? Yeah. You know, um, but like, you know, I just dug deeper and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I made that choice because, um, I know now then. I'm more than what more like than people that, like, that platform look, yeah. doesn't define your journey. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into it. Last ten minutes of the show. The culture. Yeah. Everybody says it. I'm for the culture. I'm doing this for the culture. You're not doing this for the culture. What is the culture, according to you? Jeez, that's such a that's such a loaded question. But I will say that if if you find yourself arguing with anybody else about you know, I'm doing this for the culture. You're not doing this for culture. This is what the culture needs. Is is like you're probably not of the culture as much as you think you are, because um, 
Wait, repeat that. Those are bars. Guys, can you just listen to say that again, please? Well, okay, what 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 I'm saying is if you if you find yourself in situations where you are arguing with somebody, you're bickering with somebody, or you're angry and you're saying, you know, I'm of the culture and you're not of the culture and you're not you're probably not of the culture and the reason i uh, you're not probably not of the culture as much as you think you are and the reason why i say that is i feel like when you are doing stuff quote unquote for the culture it's for the benefit of like human beings you know what i mean so it's coming from a selfless place so people who are coming from a selfless place you may have uh, a way that you go about it and i may have a go a way that i go about it and those methods might be different but we'll always find ourselves at uh, the foundation, which is that I want to see the people uh, uh, do better. And you, so it's like Malcolm X and um, Martin Luther and Martin King, Luther King mm. had one had a radical approach, one had a passive approach. They had some differences in ideology, but they were not enemies because they wanted the same. Steve Biko and Nelson Mandela, exactly, but because they, yeah. they wanted the same thing. So I just think like I always go by like most deaf, like most deaf said. You know, if you want to see where like the culture is going, you want to see where hip hop is going. Look at the people, because like people are the culture you know yeah. what i mean so it's 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 the like the word they always use is zeitgeist because yeah. it's so like uh huge, yeah. huge. take a look at the zeitgeist it, it, Kanye exactly. says that in his um what's that album where he was frustrated jesus yeah something yeah. popular on the zeitgeist exactly. yeah so yeah. so the word they use is zeitgeist so it's like that's like the when you read that definition it's 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 really broad but that's probably like the best description yeah. if you want to get to it but it's it's what are people it's, fucking it's, with it's now? the movement that the people are are going with when you look at like the 70s the peace movement when you look at there's there's a thread of identity that kind of defines every decade right yeah, yeah. and that's what i think the culture is and yeah. that and that that is inclusive of everything of politics so of do music, you of think fashion. like as creatives in the industry right now when we talk about the culture like the way that you're saying you know when we say we're doing it for the culture do you think the way we view culture is inhibiting us from actually influencing the culture because we tell ourselves that, yeah, this is the culture. So we're seeing it from a very boxed perspective. Yeah. Do you think it's actually blocking the, the incredible work we could do if we saw the bigger vision of what culture really yeah, is? Yeah, I definitely think that. I think like, why are we getting stuck in definitions? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make any sense. If you're doing something from a place of sincerity, right? Um, it will either, it, it will lend itself to, the causes and the people and the associations that it needs to like organically. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm saying do what you feel you want to do and what you feel you can contribute. And like, you will find yourself maybe rubbing shoulders with Virgil one day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not something that you thought about when you were like 16 or 15. Maybe See, that's not something I thought about even an hour before it happened. You know what I'm saying? Or even five minutes before. Exactly. Like that happened in the most weird way. <laughs> but, but, but you were just somewhere doing what you needed to be doing that yeah. day and it happened. So it's like getting stuck in definitions, like arguing with people. It's like that to me, it's like it's nonsensical, man. Yeah. And then, and the thing is, where do you think culture is going? And as black people or as people of color and as Africans, Every single one of us, whether we're creative or not creative, I feel we have a, a responsibility. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we as normal human beings are the culture. Yeah. We're going to have children. We have families that are influenced by that culture. Yeah. And all of us, every single one of us are custodians of that culture. For sure. Where, what do you think we can do better to influence the culture? How do you think we can become more conscious that our everyday living is building towards that culture? I think taking responsibility. I think taking responsibility is like the first step to um, 
is a first step to uh, making any kind of contribution. Because like I, I know it's easy to say like, okay, cool, we live in a free South Africa, this, that, da, 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 da. And so we can just do what we want. I mean, it would be great to be able to do whatever we want with no consequences. But it's like if we if everybody commits themselves to like, you know what, I'm going to do something to get closer to what I feel my purpose is and then take responsibility of that. Not everybody can or needs to be Kanye. Not everybody can or needs to be Julius Malema. Not every, you know what I mean? Like it, whatever not faction that you, fish, it, well, you know what I mean? Not everyone has to be Fred. Sometimes like some people need to learn that, you know, like, yo, maybe like rap is not for you. Like maybe like fashion, not for, but whatever like your purpose is. And then when you take responsibility for what you do and realize that like, you know, that's how everyone else thinks. Yeah. That's how Jews think. That's how Chinese people think. That's yeah. how they're like, they're not just thinking about now. It's a generational thing, right? So take some, responsibility and be like you know what i've got a little bit of responsibility like in like historically like what i do now is going to mean something like yeah yeah every every if, if you if you commit to yourself to finding your purpose taking some responsibility like we'll, we'll get there damn i have nothing to say on top of that i think we've already run out of time but guys i'm actually trying to convince fred to join me at least once a month where we, we, we carry these conversations and co-host together. So hopefully he'll agree. It's not the last time he's going to be on the show. But Fred, thank you so much for coming through, man. This was such an interesting conversation and I want to keep going. But we're running out of time. Yeah. Where can people find you? Cool. Uh, I'm not as important as uh, I have a little organization called Breakfast for Dinner. So that's uh, Breakfast with No Vowels and then four, the number four and then Dinner. That's on Twitter and on uh Instagram and you know um yeah we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff on there so you know find You find just us released a, a documentary with Shane Eagle where can people view yeah. that if they want to watch it Well I released a a, doc, a documentary and um the documentary is introducing a series that I'm doing and the first installment was was with Shane Eagle it's not out yet uh, publicly, I had a private screening last year, but it's going to be out in March. So just follow the pages, Breakfast for Dinner, Twi- uh, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Okay, cool, guys. I'm Siabonga Beile. This is The Thread Exchange, and I'm signing out. This is CliffCentral.com.